0: The Ghost Goal Podcast.
1: The Premier League season and the Christmas period are rolling right along, but so is COVID-19. There's a whole bunch of new cases are popping up all over the league and continue to ravage Manchester United's squad with another game of theirs, home against Brighton, under threat of postponement this weekend. Liverpool, on a roll of their own, are going to travel down to London to take on Antonio Conte's Tottenham, who haven't played for a week, and since we're recording before they play Leicester, have no idea how exactly they're going to shape out against Liverpool this weekend. I'm Alex, here with the one and only, the OG himself, Andrew Pissarro. Welcome back, man. It's great to have you back. How you doing? it's good it's good
0: to be back uh very very uh it's weird i'm sitting in the analyst chair on tonight's podcast which uh i don't think we really ever did when we uh once in a blue moon once every while
1: uh i, I never no, i never give up the analyst chair i just uh <laughs> I, just no, to, I just try to i just try to sit in both every now and then but yeah it's uh good to have you back i'm glad you've or not I'm glad, I'm, I'm perplexed as to how you've stayed away for so long uh, through such a, let's just face it, just a juggernaut of a Liverpool season so far. Like yeah, the schedule How are you feeling about busy. the team?
0: Oh, I feel great. Um, I'm not confident about the, I'll say this, I'm not confident about the Premier League because if the African Cup of Nation happens, we've got that huge clash against Chelsea most likely without Mane, Salah, Nabi Cage is not starting every match nowadays, but still are two of uh, the two most important pieces of our attack. We've got you guys and we've got Palace. And if you guys have been listening to the Plus Money podcast, you know that I'm quite keen on betting on on Crystal Palace these days. So there'll be no easy feat uh, when we take them on in January. So if African Cup of Nations happens, I, th- I think that's between the already busy schedule in December that we have. That's going to be I think that'll be the inevitable death knell for Liverpool's Premier League run. I do think Manchester City just have the depth. But when it comes to the Champions League, I think this is again, I think I think we're on the stairway to seven right now. Like I I am I am all in on this is our competition to win. I don't think that there's many teams that can take us over two legs. And I think when you have like the true atmosphere of Anfield, like we saw what it was when they won it against Tottenham that year I mean we came down from the 3-0 against Barcelona like I just think that there's this team has the magic right now and I think we'll get one of the two big trophies and the way I'm thinking is it's more likely to be in Europe than it is to be in England obviously I don't care which one of those two happens but I, I think that's where we are how it's going to determine? I mean, look, Manchester City's putting up goals. They put up seven past leads this week, and they're not starting an out and out striker. Like they found a way to be effective without you know a true number nine. And I just think they have the pieces to keep rotating that in successfully in England. But we've if there's one place we've seen Pep outthink himself, it's been in Europe. And if there's one competition that we've seen Jurgen Klopp be very successful in, it is Europe. So. I think we'll see another season of city winning the league and Liverpool winning the champions league. And I'm okay with that. Like I, like we've, we broke the jinx of, you know, the 30 years without a premier league title. And frankly, like you want to win the champions league, you know, and to, to continue that streak of Manchester city, not winning it would be just as big as winning the premier league. And for the club that didn't really get to truly celebrate winning the premier league, that would mean a lot, but, and winning anything big right now doesn't really matter. and and the way this team is working, at, like I, I think we're built better for a competition over two legs rather than you know the, the 38 game slog that is the Premier League.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question for Liverpool fans, and I, I feel like I've got a pretty good idea of like what do I want to win as a Chelsea fan based off recent success. But since Liverpool over the last, like, three seasons, I think it's been, you know, obviously no trophies last year, but the previous two seasons you had the Premier League and before that the Champions League. So now you're not left as desperate, like, oh, we have to get that one. I mean, maybe you could apply that to the FA Cup, but at this point, I don't think Jurgen Klopp even cares about the FA Cup. No. So there's a sort of freedom that comes with that. You know, you're playing well, you're scoring a bunch of goals. Mo Salah is somehow having an even better season than uh, any past season he's had for Liverpool, including that first one. He's got 20 oh, goals and 22 quick? appearances. You want a Are hot right take? I think, I think he's going to
0: break his own goals record at Liverpool this year.
1: I would not be surprised. I mean, the, the well, I would be, actually, with the, the, the African Cup of Nations. If it was a non-AFCON yeah, year, I would yeah. be totally on board with, with that. He's on that kind of form, and... He's just a machine. Like and he's
0: got more th- assists in that year, too. Like he's a more complete player. Like, I'm not gonna like I'll never call most law a tap-in merchant, but there were a lot of games that year where he was just in the perfect place at the perfect time. And right now we're seeing him like at his at his peak of living inside of a Jurgen Klopp system, of like knowing where to be, not just to like score goals and break on the counter, but also where to be to like play on a break where he knows that like Sadio Mane or Diego Jota is going to be breaking and how to like hit that perfect ball, which somehow like arcs around the, the defender and then like perfectly comes to the foot of the attacker who's at coming at pace, who then like times it perfectly and puts it in the back of the net. So he's, in my opinion, he's playing better than his first season at Liverpool, which is astounding to say out loud.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that's exactly what conveys just how, how well he's playing, because that first season was obviously just a joke, how good he was. W- one more thing on him. I think he's almost reached the Arjen Robin 2013 zone, where that's where a lot of the memes started of, you know, Le cut Inside Man. The guy who cuts in on his left, you know he's going to do it before he even tries it, but there's nothing you can do to stop it. He's had some freakish goals this season. Manchester City at home, Watford away soon after. Goals that like you know he's perfectly capable of that, and obviously the defenders do as well, but there's nothing they can do about it. And it's the way, not only has he reached that level, but he's built off of that as well, where you'll see him shape his body to curl with his left foot, cut back onto his right, take it towards the byline on the the right wing, and then cut it back and either assist or shoot on his right foot it's opened up so many possibilities for him in all facets of his attacking game that it's made him unplayable so uh, yeah it's it's a good place to be and just what I wanted to say was that I I don't I don't fault you for thinking either the Premier League or the the Champions League you'd be fine or happy with either of those me as a Chelsea fan I'm looking at the league we obviously just won the Champions League the league is the thing now
0: we, we well, need to that's go how on. I felt. That's We need how I to go on the, the Klopp.
1: After. Exactly. We need to go on the Liverpool route of bringing in the German manager who rounds us into shape, wins us the Champions League, and then the next year gets us to legitimize that Champions League uh, win with a with a league title win. You can't be champions of Europe if you haven't won your own domestic title with that same team or that same core of players. So, it's a much more or, make or break year for Chelsea in the league this year. I'm, I'm happy to get the uh, the Liverpool general talk and Chelsea general talk out of the way early because we do have to hit on this Tottenham Liverpool game.
0: I do have a Chelsea question for you, real quick, because I know you guys wouldn't normally get to this on the pod.
1: Okay, uh,
0: fire away. And so it's been all over the news the last like 24, 48 hours. NBC reported about it. ESPN, I think, even did a report about it. This Christian Pulisic loan to Barcelona rumor that's hot in the streets right now.
1: He's, First time hearing of it.
0: Okay. Well, it, it was out there yesterday. NBC had a had a report about it. The on paper idea is Barcelona don't have a ton of money to go out and acquire players. He'd start every single game for them. The, maybe the possibility of Spain is a, a less, it's a more technical league, which is the nice way of saying you don't have a bunch of English bastards trying to slide tackle looking at you, Burnley. Um, you constantly. And... He'd get to play, and there's not a lot of competition for those spots where he has a ton of competitions between Callum Hudson-Odoi, Mason Mount, Hakim Ziyech. They've even been playing Timo Werner kind of in a in a two striker system, which doesn't necessarily leave a ton of position for Christian. Like I'm coming to you more as an American and not as like the Liverpool fan here, but like I want to see my boy playing as much as possible, being in the best form come the summer, or come the winter for. 2022 like if if that happens if he goes on loan like do you think that's good for him do you think that's like I'm I'm asking for you more the guy who gets to watch him week in week out more than I do
1: well I I mean I I wish I could say I get to watch him week in and week out but he's hardly ever uh, fit and I I think we just need to say it he he doesn't really fit into Thomas Tuchel's uh, play style that much Uh, also straight up there are other as good if not better players around him so he'll he'll run into this problem in most other clubs maybe even Barcelona I, you can you can maybe put the idea out there that he's guaranteed to start there but you know Ansu Fati is still uh, a young player that they have a lot of belief in that likes to play off that left wing as well uh, Gavi uh, has played a lot mostly in midfield but can also play out in wide areas Yusuf Demir there, there's all these players that are just bursting into the Barcelona team and, you know, making a name for themselves that I highly doubt that Barcelona would ever, they would ever never jeopardize uh, that those players of their own, that track in favor of a, of a lone player. Now, could I see him being sent out on loan with an option to buy? Absolutely. Uh, he's not a player I would want to sell. I would much rather see Hakim Ziyech or, or Timo Werner, so players like that uh, be sold before, uh, Pulisic, just because I, I do believe in his talent, and second, Arian Robin mentioned in, on the pod uh, and <laughs> today, but I watched Arian Robin tear up the league in short spurts when he was around the same age as Christian Pulisic, and we sold him because he couldn't stay healthy, and he went on to con- to do great things at Real Madrid and eventually Bayern Munich. So, in, in no way am I do I want to give up on Pulisic, but if he left, even on a loan. I would expect that loan to have some sort of buy option or obligation built in, so it's possible, but I wouldn't be in favor of it. Though it, it may be best for his career. <laughs>
0: it, yeah, it's, and that, yeah. And like that, and that's and that's like that was my whole thing about him coming to the Premier League in the first place. Was like I don't want him to come here and go to like and go to anyone that's not my club because then it's like hard to root for him, and then it's like you know you do the whole conversation with the career thing. It's like if he's at Barcelona, like. I'll watch Barcelona more often, or if he's if he's wherever, you know what I mean? Even if, like, shit, they sent him, like, some random team in Italy. I mean, they're not going to send him to a random team, but you know what I mean? Like, like the, the, I don't know. The thing, I,
1: the thing I'll say about uh, not wanting him to come to England for, you know, the physicality and how it might affect him as a more slight player, I don't necessarily buy that, because he had plenty of injury op- uh, like problems at, at Dortmund as well, before yeah. he ever came to Chelsea. He's, he's just an injury-prone player. At yep. most professional levels, he's He's going to have guys, you know, booting him into oblivion. So he's just going to have to learn to adjust his game, I'm guessing, because that that, that still has happened ever since he's come back from the last injury. Some tension, but I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long. Got to allow it. Uh, this Tottenham-Liverpool game, Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Uh, I apologize. We were supposed to do this Thursday when uh, Liverpool and Tottenham had uh, both played their, their midweek games, but... Uh, Due to my uh, my constant nerddom and needing to see the Spider-Man move, movie on opening night, we had to move it back to Wednesday before those games had been played.
0: Yeah, you don't need to apologize for that. So, I, well, I'm I- just
1: saying, I won't fault you if uh, you know you get this prediction and this outlook on the game completely wrong because you you know you didn't have the most recent uh, dose of Liverpool and Tottenham to sort of like adjust your thinking. But what are you thinking going into this Tottenham game? Does it scare you any more than usual now with a legitimate manager and Antonio Conte at the helm?
0: Well, I'm going to be fully on my Liverpool bullshit. Uh, There's only two teams in the Premier League that scare me, and it's Manchester City and it's Chelsea. If you're not those teams, I'm not scared of you. I know we lost to West Ham on the road, but frankly, this isn't a Tottenham team that's been firing anywhere close to that West Ham team. Like, their midfield's a shambles. Harry Kane's not bagging goals like he used to. And frankly, like, jo- like we've got Joel Matsum and Virgil van Dyke. I'm not scared of Harry Kane. Like, I'm I'm just not like I'm not particularly scared of their defense. It's uh, Hugo Lloris. That guy's good for a blunder in a big game. Like, as long as it's not a Champions League final or like it's not as long as it's not a, a World Cup final. Like, this, he
1: even had this one is, in the World Cup final. <laughs> the uh, yeah, yeah. when they were up four one or something.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not scared of this team. Frankly, like Antonio Conte did well against Liverpool his first year at Chelsea. And then after that, I don't particularly remember him doing that. Like, I don't think we demolished him, but I'd also don't think we like he, I don't think he played us off the park at all. I'm, I'm trying to think back, but this isn't all, this isn't a fully formed Conte team yet, which is why, like, I think we'll go, like, I think we can go in and beat them two nil. Like, I, I'm not scared of them attacking wise, I'm not as scared of them defensive wise, yeah. And and frankly, even the Tottenham Stadium doesn't feel like the lane yet. You know what I mean? And it's not like a oh Tottenham haven't won trophies thing. It's just more of like a what's the big win that they've had there yet? You know what I mean? Like they've
1: yeah. It's too early. Also, I've mentioned on previous pods that I think for like more than a week now we haven't seen them play. Their last two games have been postponed you know by the time people listen to this they will have played uh, Leicester away which is kind of a test but it's nothing close to the test that they're going to face when when you guys come to town well i'll tell you we over on plus money we w-
0: we usually do like whatever the big game of the week is i probably would not have made it west ham arsenal i probably would have made it leicester tottenham had tottenham been playing but that's another thing too it's like you know they had this huge covid outbreak How fit are these guys? Like, I understand that you can work out, and, you know, most of these guys probably have, like, a treadmill or a bike at their apartment or their house. But, like, you're going up against a Jurgen Klopp team. Like, one of the most hardworking, drilled teams in the league. I wouldn't want to face that as my, you know, my second team coming off of a a week off because of a quarantine. Like, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Tottenham get absolutely blasted in this game. Like
1: right I mean they lost to that in Solskjaer's or not was it Solskjaer's last game yeah I think it, one of his last games they lost to Man United 3-0 at home and I guess that was Nuno's last game but and that was a United team that was not playing well at the time had you know a loss to Liverpool 5-0 just before that Tottenham game and then lost to Watford right afterwards so it's not a great reflection on uh, Tottenham's players uh, that that a another sort of Limping team and United was able to come to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and you know wipe the floor with them without really even trying. And it seems like every team, bar Manchester City in the opening game, which looks more and more like a freak uh, incident now, every remotely big team has gone to Tottenham and you know piped them. United three nil, Chelsea three nil. It's two uh, nil. I think might be even it might be, even be a little conservative, but yeah. I, again, I, it's I, just it's the figure of Conte looming over it is the one thing that makes you kind of second guess things because I just don't think he has the pieces yet. And like I look,
0: I love Antonio Conte. Um, I, his time at Chelsea was very successful. I was surprised he didn't stay there longer, but that's also Chelsea. But I look at what he has at Tottenham and I say, you know, this man needs at least a. a I think this man needs two summers to really get what he wants. I think he deserves that time. I think he's the the best manager we've seen at Tottenham since Pochettino, without a doubt. They need to give this man some time. They need to figure out if Harry Kane's going to stay or go. There's just more questions than answers that I have about this team right now, and I'm like, I'm not going to pick them to win a big game yet. Like, if they like me picking them to beat West Ham, I feel like could be an upset right now. Like, there's no way they're going to come for a team that's in the middle of a title race right now. Like, it, it, I, I don't like. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Like, I. I'm really not trying to shit on Spurs. I know that like, it happens a lot on this podcast, so um
1: I, I just don't The more things change, the more they stay the same.
0: Exactly. Like <laughs> they're the fourth best team in London right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but that being said, I, I mean I, I obviously have conversations with uh with fellow co host Javier all the time about you know, Arsenal's chances of making top four. And we can shit on Tottenham all we all we like, but Conte is such a big figure and, you know, I'm obviously extremely familiar uh, with him from his time at Chelsea, that even as well as Arsenal have been playing, far better than anything I've seen from uh, from Tottenham this season or under Conte, I, I, still, I still kind of favor Tottenham, Manchester United, and West Ham to finish uh, or have a better chance of finishing in the top four than Arsenal. And I don't want to make this about Arsenal, but it's just kind of what I mean by despite not seeing much yet from Conte, we've still got the January transfer window right around the corner. I doubt he agreed to come to Tottenham without even more investment than they, they got in the summer uh, during during January. So things are going to change there and their, their form is going to improve and you know they're still in this top four conversation without Harry Kane, like you said, really scoring. has, has he scored since Conte's arrived? I don't I don't think he has. I can't really remember it. It's mostly been Son and certain other players around the team. So I'm with you. I, this weekend, 2-0, I think, is being nice to Tottenham. And I'll probably stick with that just because, you know, the games are picking up a, a bit more. You, you guys, and I know this was 5-0 up against Manchester United, but once you had Manchester United well and truly beat, you guys did ease off the gas and, you know, start playing a bit more possession-oriented and conserving your energy. You're still in the Carabao Cup, so... I'm guessing, you know, there's going to be a bit more of a like a bit more of a cautious approach to get the lead and then not sit on it, but you know, just protect it a bit more. Not go for the jugular per se. So, is two nil what you're going to finalize your prediction um, at?
0: I, I think I think I'm going to say three. Um, I, yeah, I, I would probably say three. Three nil officially. But if you want my, like, official picks, we're going to do... This will be our game of the week on the Plus Money podcast. So, the you know, listen to this on Thursday when this comes out. But Plus Money will be out uh, Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. It's 15 minutes. Um, well, there's links to it all over my social media, at Andrew Passaro, at the Plus Money pod, Twitter and Instagram. But uh, we'll do 15 minutes, and Ani and I will both give you a pick from this game. So... We'll have something for you. I'm looking at the lines right now. Over two and a half is at minus one fifty. Over three and a half is plus one fifty five. That's kind of juicy. I'd probably might end up th- considering taking that or looking at Liverpool game totals. Um, Liverpool, if if over three and a half is a plus one fifty five, that definitely means you can get Liverpool and over two and a half in the game at, at plus odds, which is something I'll probably end up doing. But yeah, like I think three nil is is what I'd say. Uh, two for Salah,
1: and then one
0: for whoever's playing striker is what I'd say.
1: Okay. Uh, So, moving on, uh, rewinding a little bit to the opening game of the weekend, 7.30 a.m. on Saturday. Still not sure whether this one is definitely going to go ahead, but Manchester United are supposed to host Brighton. There have been more uh, positive COVID tests in Manchester United's camp. They had to close down uh, Carrington, their training ground, for a day this week. And when they came back, they had further COVID-positive tests, so... I'm even hesitant to even preview it. Uh, Also, it just kind of seems like a like a one or two nil Manchester United written all over it. If uh, if it does go ahead, Brighton are in the best of spots right now. They have a few COVID uh, positive cases of their own, so uh, not really excited to to pick them to uh, upend Man United at, at Old Trafford at the moment. No,
0: you nailed it. Uh, Manchester United are under city right now, and uh, and that's not a uh, under Manchester City thing. That is like you uh, you bet the under Manchester United games, and you don't watch the game because it's fucking disgusting. Um, and and same same with Brighton. Uh, the under two and a half has hit in the last five games for Brighton. It's hit in the last three for Manchester United. All of those, um, well, three of those ma- What was the Arsenal game? No, that was care. All three of those games are the Ralph Ragnick games. They haven't scored more than one goal yet. I don't particularly see it happening against Brighton, who uh, they were—they were the twinkle in my eye there for a second on on plus money of team that I was betting like every single weekend, and uh, they have they have officially failed me for the last time, and I'm no longer betting on them on a regular basis. But we'll
1: it was see. always it was always bound to end at some point.
0: Exactly, you know? exactly.
1: Uh, moving on, just to mention some other games going on on Saturday: Aston Villa hosting Burnley, uh, Southampton will host Brentford. Crystal Palace will travel up to Watford, and West Ham will host Norwich. Those will be the Saturday 10 a.m. games. The next big matchup of the weekend I do want to hit on is uh, a very wounded animal in Leeds United hosting Arsenal in the 12.30 p.m. game on Saturday. This one's worth noting uh, just because Leeds are obviously, they're coming off the biggest defeat that any team has suffered in the Premier League uh, this season when they lost uh, 7-0 at Manchester City. I predicted like a 4-0, I think. And uh, I said 4-0 because, you know, both teams will, you know, the, the fixtures are picking up and, you know, City are going to get out to a lead and then sit on it. City did not sit on anything. They, uh, they kept pushing and uh, kept on pushing. Uh, so I, I really don't know whether that's going to lead to a bounce-back game of sorts for Leeds because, you know, what makes me think they should bounce back is obviously after a huge defeat like that, you need some kind of reaction. And Arsenal coming to town, obviously they've somewhat turned around their misfortunes with two home wins, but their away form, Arsenal's away form, has been utter dog shit the last month or so. You can vouch for this. Uh, Those are obviously very different opponents than Leeds, but it's it's a problem. I think they have three away games in a row, uh, the worst of which is definitely that Everton game. Uh, where they they've been beaten? Everton, Manchester United, and, and Liverpool. Uh, the, the, well, they, the f-
0: they should have had a red card. They the Everton should have gotten a red card in that Arsenal game when it was still either one nil or nil nil. There was that like yeah, stamp ben on the face from the yeah. Everton game that didn't happen. I remember that because I had money on Arsenal to win that game, and then same thing happened to me today. I had I had both teams to score and a winner and I had West Ham straight up, and that red card happens in, in this game today in West Ham-Arsenal. But I'll say this. Ars- West, Arsenal have done a good job, in my opinion, over the last six weeks or so of beating the teams that they're supposed to beat,
1: at least on paper on Everton. the day. Except for Everton. But And we're just blaming that on the uh, the Godfrey... Uh, 100% I'm going
0: to blame that on the referee. Like I that's what I'm come here to I'm here to say I'm blaming things on the referee now all the time and I don't care. But uh I love the form that Saka Sako's on or Bacayo on. I don't know how to pronounce his first name apparently. Yeah, I love his second form. Time, yeah. Yeah. Martinelli coming in for Lacazette looked fantastic today. I think Lacazette might leave come January if they can find someone to to take him. I don't know who would take his wages, but he sounds like he's one foot out the door and it sounds like Mikel Arteta is not too happy with him at the current moment. So, I think Arsenal should be able to go to Leeds and comfortably beat them. Like 2-0, 2-1. I I mean maybe even more than that. I don't know. I it, Leeds are also like isn't aren't don't they have like a crazy amount of injuries right now? Like Calvin Phillips isn't playing and uh they are just like light yeah. a bunch of people. Like he, he's I'm, a
1: long-term injury.
0: Uh the let me double check on this. Like they're playing Dallas and Forshaw in their midfield.
1: Yeah, B- Bamford as well. So th- those are the two main ones that Javier and I have been talking about. Bamford and Calvin Phillips are you know, two key players in key positions that make Leeds tick. I, I bring and- up the Arsenal away form just because what I saw from Leeds last weekend at Chelsea, maybe that was sort of like the, the last sort of gasp that they had uh, and w- when they still managed to lose that game on a last minute penalty, that just sort of broke their spirit. But I, st- I did see something in that game where... Uh, everyone from you know back line to front line in, in the Chelsea lineup had zero time on the ball. If they can replicate any kind of performance like that, you're always going to, need to give a team even as good as Arsenal. You're going to give them gonna give them a lot of headaches. So but uh, I think I'll, I'll stick by, I've heard myself say we Chelsea broke their spirit and I hate Leeds. So <laughs> my hatred for Leeds outdoes my hatred for Arsenal. So yeah, I'm with you. I'll say I'm probably gonna say 2 one Arsenal. But it could yeah, be a like tough that.
0: one. I like that. I like two one. Um, I'm gonna. I'm telling you right now, uh, giving you guys a heads up. I'm gonna. Arsenal's on my card right now because they're they're plus one ten on uh, just to win the game, which I don't understand how, how you're getting that against Leeds. That'll probably shift. So um, well, you can
1: you can thank those three straight away defeats for Arsenal for that.
0: Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, I I don't like it. I hate betting Arsenal because I feel like they're one of those teams. That every time I do bet them, I jinx them, which. You know, it's a sword so could,
1: I have to carry. Could I Venmo you to place bets on, on Arsenal? Arsenal? Yeah,
0: yeah. We could do that. I mean, we, that I, I've be, always wished be on
1: being able to pay to see Arsenal lose, so... It's not yeah, that hard is, to do. This is Yeah, this is, this is good for me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm going 2-1. You can listen to uh, the Plus Money pod with Andrew for, you know, all of his best picks for this weekend if you're uh, down to gamble and down to get some free money. So, yeah. Uh, Again, I think you mentioned it earlier in the pod, but the Twitter and Instagram for that is the plus money pod. So go check Correct. that out. Moving on to Sunday, 7 a.m. on Sunday, Everton Leicester, two teams that haven't yet played their midweek games. And frankly, I'm not really interested in this game at the moment. So uh, just going to skip right over that one. And Sunday, 9 a.m., Ch- Wolves will host Chelsea. It's a game that I don't really need to see Chelsea play Everton uh, to preview because it's a game that lives in my nightmares every year that we have to go to Wolves. I think there was one year that we beat Wolves like 5-2 with like you know, Tammy Abraham scoring a hat-trick when Lampard was manager, but that was very much uh, an outlier over the years September of Wolves being in the 14th, league.
0: 14th, 2019 would be that day you guys beat them 5-2 at the ball
1: Yeah, that, that, that's something that gave me hope, uh, but last year we went up. from Giroux, I think, and then promptly choked away a lead and lost 2-1 right around this time of year, too. So I'm going to be waking up December
0: 15th, December 15th of 2020, like a year to the
1: day, a year to the day. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I woke up with like cold shakes this morning. (laughs) Wolves away. I fucking hate this game. I hate it so much. They they match us up in the three, four, three. Oh god, I'm not looking forward to it. This one um, this one has this one has one one written all over it.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say this is this is an under. This and I is one hundred percent an under. All Wolves last five games have all gone under two and a half goals. They obviously won today, they lost to City, they lost to Liverpool, Drew Burnley, but and just Drew barely.
1: Just yeah. barely lost to both Liverpool and City.
0: Divacarigi you 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 break that glass when you're in case of emergency and you call you bring De Vercelli on man. I I fucking love that guy. Wolves are the ultimate definition of a gritty team and I believe that there's still going to be no Raul Jimenez and they don't score a lot of goals. He he, he should
1: be back because when he was sent off against City it was a second yellow card. Second so that's a re- one game guy. suspension so and he missed the Brighton game today. So he should be back for us. Goody. I
0: do like I do like the forward that they have the the kid that they got from Salzburg. Uh,
1: oh, Huang! Or, he went he went off injured today in the 16th minute. So I mean, we yep. don't even have there's not even been time to know whether he's going to be okay for Sunday. But I'm assuming not. I don't really even care. They have other players like Jimenez that you mentioned, Podence, Neto, Triore. Uh, it, it's it's a good team, and going to Molyneux, it's it's going to be difficult. The I'm the only thing we can really hope for is our midfield back which i don't think will be the case by sunday because kovacic got covid a couple of days ago and it was already coming back from a like a month plus injury. uh Jorginho has been playing injured uh for a couple of weeks now and golo kante should be on the bench for everton so hopefully he's you know fit enough to start against wolves that would certainly be a boost. It's hard to get a read on how wh- how consistent chelsea are going to be right now and This away trip to Wolves, it just has a lot of eerie similarities with the away trip to West Ham, where, like you said, you said they're the quintessential gritty team. That's one of the words I would use to describe West Ham. The West Ham away game, we were all over them. Kept the possession, created more chances, made two or three mistakes, and lost 3-2. So you cut out the mistakes, it's really as simple as that. It's not the best analysis in the world. But this Chelsea team, we're our own worst enemy at the moment, especially in the month of December. But you cut out the mistakes, you're going to win games. So it's got 1-1 written all over it. I think we'll just edge it and we'll win it 2-1. And it won't be pretty. There'll probably be some sort of decision that goes in our favor and has everyone up in arms. But if Liverpool and City are eking out, uh, or barely eking out wins against Wolves, we have to, to do the same thing. Because we're obviously, we're the ones now down in third place. But uh, are you going to be settling on that one-one?
0: No, I'm going to take Chelsea one 0 Ch- Chelsea one 0 and like a gritty, God bless gritty you. weird, weird goal. When was the last
1: <laughs> clean sheet we kept?
0: I I, I, I don't can't know, remember. Man.
1: It's been so long.
0: <laughs> I know. I, I like you're. It's it's wild. It's it's weirdly refreshing. And like, don't take this the wrong way. It's weirdly refreshing to hear Chelsea struggling to keep like top players at Stanford Bridge because they want an insane payday, and it's between Rudiger and uh, Christensen right now. And as Aspillaqueta's like future is up in the air. And like, it sounds like the only defender who like is definitively at central defender who's definitively at Chelsea is Thiago Silva. And I know he's an Asian wonder, but
1: oh, Ty Ch- Chalaba, who I do like, I do like, but yeah. So the the thing I'll I'll, I'll key you in on this right now. Andreas Christensen and Cesare Spilicueta aren't going anywhere. Uh, you know, Aspilicueta like maybe, but I don't even think that would be like the worst thing at this point. Cause we have no. seen a drop off this year. Rudiger. I think it's just a case of he's in the same situation that Gini Alden was in, you know, yep. he, he, he deserves what he wants because he's been playing absolutely amazingly for the past year, but it's only been a year. So sometimes you have to keep one player from blowing up your entire wage structure, and we have lots of other players uh, like like Chalaba that I mentioned, and other uh, young prospects coming through. Plus, they, the club still have their sights set on players like Jules Kounde. Maybe mm-hmm. they won't be as good right away as Rudiger, but if he leaves, it's not that heartbreaking. It, it yeah, won't be not, the end of you're the not- world.
0: You, you have plenty of players who could come back who, or like you guys have you've got players who are on loan who could step up and you like there's there's plenty of guys in the system alone at Chelsea beyond just the bags and bags of Roman Abramovich money that you could spend. So you'll reload rather quickly
1: for sure. There's not much to preview uh, <laughs> later on Sunday, but uh, that Newcastle Manchester City game, I guess, just deserves a mention Poor, poor Newcastle. They're going to have a date with you guys on Thursday and a home date with Manchester City on Sunday. I guess my my question isn't really regards to or what your prediction is for that game. It's more so what have you seen from Eddie Howe so far and what do you make of Newcastle's chances? You know, given we still have the January transfer window to come, what do you think of their, or make of their chances to stay up? I haven't seen a
0: lot from Eddie Howe. I didn't like the hire in the moment. Like, Newcastle's a long-term project, right? Like, this is a team that they're... You know they're the richest owners in the Premier League. Richest owners in the Premier League want to play in the Champions League. You've got a tall order to make up to to equalize a squad to the level of Liverpool, Chelsea, and Manchester City. And I'm sorry, but like Eddie Howe built a really nice Bournemouth team, but they weren't spending a ton of money.
1: Like he's and the big money they did spend a lot of times fell flat on his face. Jordan exactly. I. I didn't particularly like. That higher,
0: like I, I agree that there weren't a ton of exactly like sexy options to go out there and do what they needed to do to maintain the team. But I'll be honest, I, I think Newcastle are getting relegated, man. Unless they go and like ball the hell out in January, which they have all the pieces to do now. But the January window is the hardest window to operate in. It, it like we don't see you only see big money deals go through in the January window when you're playing on FIFA. We do not see big money deals regularly happen in January anymore. It's just like the Virgil van Dyke situation that only happened because the Virgil van Dyke and even Bruno Fernandez transfers that happened in January only happened that way because the two teams had been negotiating all summer and both Manchester United and Liverpool in that situation blinked and realized this is the guy we need to help us get significantly better and and forked over the money that they didn't want to pay in the summer and then ended up having to pay the piper anyways. So the idea of them attracting, like, a ton of great pieces in January, like, that's not going to happen. They'll, they'll probably get some, like, bright-eyed prospects, like, you know, some young Mino Raiola prospect who wants to get paid, like, £150,000 a week that hasn't earned it yet. But I don't know how that fits into an Eddie Howe system and the rest of that Newcastle system. Like, I look at this team and I'm like, this team's getting relegated. Like, it's definitely Norwich. I hope Burnley, but I don't think it's going to be them because somehow Sean Dyche always seems to save them from oblivion. But I think right now, if you like I I, there, there are only three points from safety, but I think every single team in the Premier League knows how much money that they're going to spend once they have a summer window to spend it in. I think the entire Premier League wants to relegate them. Like I, I think you're going to see teams look at look at that date and the same way that they look at a hey, this is our opportunity to take like this is a game as important as like playing the potential champions in Liverpool, Manchester and uh, Manchester City and Chelsea, but we can beat them and we need to beat them and if we beat them, we delay the inevitable, like two hundred fifty million dollar. Yeah, exactly. Now are they going to pay players 200,000 pounds to play in the championship? Probably like they'll win the championship by like 30 points and who cares? But West Ham, Manchester United Tottenham, like all are trying to break back into the top three. They're going to handle Newcastle. They're not going to yeah, take Newcastle I'm, lightly.
1: I'm not, I'm not even ready to even have the discussion about what their chances are uh, or when they can break into the the sort of elite of the, the premier league you got to see them survive a relegation battle first. And then again, you can maybe have the, the, the question if they come straight back up from the championship, sign a few players their first season back in the Premier League, maybe boot Eddie Howe and get someone else in. I think that, Eddie
0: Howe's gone end of season.
1: Or I really, I, like, I, I if, really doubt that because he, he did bring Bournemouth up like three divisions over like five years or something to get them into the Premier League and kept them in the Premier League for much longer than anyone would have guessed. So I think I'm a bit Fair. more positive on that higher than, than you might be. But the, the, the main thing standing in their way is not whether they can spend the money, at, whether they c- can break the banking January to bring in big players. It's whether those players would even want to for that money. So and, you know, what are they going to do? Go down a level and sign players that aren't worth top dollar for top dollar? I don't think so. <laughs> so. It's uh, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I'm right there with you that they're probably one of the favorites. Well, they absolutely should be one of the favorites to be relegated at the moment. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna submit another pick of three teams to be relegated. I think it's Norwich. I think it's Newcastle. But the one thing that's saying making me think that Newcastle can maybe stay up is that I can't decide between Southampton and Watford over okay. which team might get relegated. I, I, I'm still clinging on to my Southampton pick in pre pre-season. So maybe that gives Newcastle a chance because I, I kind of, I, I can't, I can't put, I can't change my mind about either Southampton or Watford to, to stay up this year. So I guess I'll, I'll finalize that with Watford as the third team, with Southampton barely staying up. So would you care to, to give some uh, updated relegation picks or you're just not feeling it?
0: Oh, Norwich for sure. Um, if they continue on this current trajectory, but they won't because eventually they'll get their pieces back. But Leeds, if they don't wake the hell up soon, are going to be yeah, in the thick no, I of feel it. That. I, like I said, Burnley will pull themselves out of it. Southampton was also on my list earlier at the beginning of the season. As much as I banter about Everton getting relegated, they won't. I'm really happy to see Brentford playing as well as they are, minus when they play us. But yeah, I would say final answer, Norwich for sure. Watford on eight, 19th and Newcastle on eighteenth, and like Burnley somehow just like slip paths past them. Maybe even on like goal differential or some shit, which is like wild to say that Burnley would edge out Newcastle for goal differential.
1: Yeah, it's rough down at the bottom this year. Um, there, I mean, I would I would even hazard to say that Brighton are starting to slip into that a little bit. They're they're in thirteenth on twenty points.
0: If they fire Grand Potter. They will I, not I, fire they're, Graham
1: Potter. I, they're, they're they just signed him like, to like a seven year deal like last yeah, year. So I know. They can't afford that. Plus, they couldn't get anyone better to come coach them anyway. No, they so they
0: really couldn't. They really couldn't. But oh it's funny. You were talking about Tottenham earlier, you know, and trying to finish in the top four. I don't have I I did put my money on my mouth where my mouth was because I expected Harry Kane to kind of not play like shit this year. I have a, a future of Harry, of Tottenham to finish in the top six. Like I have money on that. Which, this Arsenal like rejuvenation terrible. happening right now is is kind of worrying me because, well, Arsenal, frankly, and West Ham. I don't know. I do feel like Tottenham, before they fired Ole, I feel like Tottenham had a chance to kind of like get out in front of Manchester United. And it could have been like West Ham in fourth, Spurs in five and, or six in Manchester United. But. I don't know. I, I'm not dead out of the water. I just need Arsenal to kinda like fall apart in the second half of the season and, and Spurs realize that hey, we have a really good goal scorer in Harry Kane. Maybe we should uh, you know, score the goals. But I have a future on that. I have Wolves to finish in the top half of the table, I think. I think those are the two big ones that I have. And then I forgot. I think I have one I have some other one. I have to go back and look, but
1: um I'd say those both have a decent chance of uh of, of working out. And uh, the the one thing, I mean, the Arsenal thing, I don't expect to drop off maybe to the same level, but West Ham, I've kind of hazarded a guess that they they could drop off if you see them start to focus more on the Europa League, because they have been playing really well so far. And David Moyes hasn't won like a major trophy ever in his career, and... I think he just joined, like Sir Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger, and Harry Redknapp, as you know, the only four managers to have 600 games managed in the Premier League, and he's the only one of those without a trophy. So that's, that's so got to change sometime soon, and the Europa League looks like the the the, the best option for that. And plus, I that would the, obviously give you Champions League football anyway. So maybe that I causes the their Premier team, League form to suffer.
0: The only team that I I like I would say that they're ill-equipped to maybe go up against might be Dortmund.
1: Dortmund maybe Napoli?
0: Napoli. But didn't they, were they in the same group as Napoli or was that No, that was Leicester. No, that was that was Leicester. Napoli. But there's none of the on... big
1: there's none of the big Premier League teams in the Europa League no. which you know are usually the ones that are, you know, most or best equipped to go and win it. So, uh, well, aren't Sevilla back? Just give it to Sevilla. E... Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. West Ham focus on the league. Don't worry about it. I think Sevilla are back in the Europa League. You might be right.
0: The Europa League draw should have happened.
1: Oh, it did. Uh, well, it it kind of happened. They're they're doing a new format now, where the third place teams from the Champions League that drop down, they have to play uh, the second place teams from the Europa League groups. That's why Barcelona are matched up with Napoli.
0: So oh, I the winner didn't even of that,
1: realize that the winner of that will go into the Europa League knockout stage proper, which is an interesting Holy. wrinkle.
0: That is that is a really interesting wrinkle. All right, there's some decent ties in this. Yeah, uh, Barcelona, Napoli, R- RB Leipzig, Real Sociedad, Sevilla played Dinamo Zagreb, Porto, Lazio. That's gonna be good. Ooh. Zenit, Real Betis, Atalanta, Olympiacos, Dortmund got Rangers. They'll wax them. Sheriff vs Braga actually will be no one. That, that's a that's a tie of I don't know a single player on this pitch. I know that Cristiano plays for Sheriff just because he scored against Real Madrid. But damn that's cool. And yeah, and like the third place teams in Europa go down to the Conference League too, which I think is hilarious.
1: Yeah, the, I think it's a similar thing there where they they get matched up with the second place teams in the Conference League. Yeah, which, you had Brendan Rodgers saying which I don't somehow know, somehow makes a complicated format more complicated, but I mean those yes. games like you said are going to be interesting to watch. So, keep an yeah. eye out for those. I don't know if we'll preview them, but we'll we'll mention some of them, I'm sure.
0: Oh, I'll be maybe I'll be betting on them. I'll tell you that. I don't know. We haven't bet Europa League yet this year, but <sighs> there's a first time for everything.
1: Right. I'm going to have to cut it off there. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, jumping on and uh, filling in for Javier. You're always welcome to come back if you ever want to go on a little bit more about Liverpool. Obviously, Javier and I would be happy to have you as part of the the trio again. So plug whatever you want to plug right now. We've already done it a couple times, but go for it again.
0: Yeah, the Plus Money Podcast, your home for the best soccer bets you can get in 15 minutes or less. We have a game of the week every week, the biggest game in the Premier League, which we will profile. After that, sometimes we'll be betting MLS. Ani's been big on overs down in Serie A of late, and I always give you a how-does-it-lose parlay, which I know you guys are paying for Peacock, I know you're paying for ESPN+, and I know you're paying for paramount plus to watch all the soccer so usually what i do is i set up this parlay that if it hits and you put ten dollars on it you paid for that month's subscription for all three of those platforms so that's what i'm giving to you on the plus money podcast me and ani every single week and we're always available on twitter and instagram uh, if you've got a bet you're thinking about and you're not sure what to hit but at the plus money pod at andrew passaro and uh it's good to be back man i'm glad you guys are still kicking here
1: you've heard of pay to play before can i give you a, a new idea for the title for that
0: Oh, I I kind of call it running the gauntlet, but... It's...
1: Oh, well, in case you ever need a backup, the play to pay.
0: (laughs) Oh, I actually... I like that a lot, actually. That's really good.
1: Hey, Drew, thanks again for jumping on this week. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ASMoss92. You can follow the podcast socials at Ghost Pod. And if you're listening on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you went and uh, dropped a review, dropped a rating there. Good, bad, whatever. Anything you add is going to help new listeners find the pod, and obviously we'd love it if you helped us grow the thing. So enjoy the games this weekend, and until next time.